Wednesday, everybody. Thank you once again for joining us for Money Hungry. What's going on, Kim? How's it going? Uh, it's cold here. It's freezing here. Literally. It's been, yep, yeah, same. It's been, uh, I think it got down to like 24 last night, which is kind of sketchy for this area. We're not really used to that. Yeah, I woke up, the car was reading 21 degrees this morning. I'm like, oh, I am Mm-mm. so not made for the winter. I am such a summer girl, but I am not made for the winter. I I hear you. I hear you. I live for the summers here. Like, I, like I've said before, we've got uh, about two, three months of summer here, and then it's just nine months of rain. So get the occasional cold snap that comes through. So uh, I, I have a unique problem with my car where sometimes the uh the blower will work for the um heater and air conditioning and sometimes it won't and i swear it's always in the winter it decides to quit working so it like starts fogging up real quick and i get super frustrated and it's it's just it's a mess sometimes kim i'm like sitting there like trying to wipe my windshield while i'm driving down the road with orders in the car (laughs) uh no i'm like going like Amish, like horse and buggy, practically. Oh, oh, so, oh yeah, no. I'm like, oh yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's been my struggle recently. How's how's the last couple of weeks been? Good. We went through Thanksgiving. Um, had obviously Thanksgiving with the family. It's always fun spending time with the family when you don't get to see them very often. Yep. And I was just telling you before the show, I'm like, man, this is going to be a good show because I'm missing the Rockefeller Center tree lighting tonight. So let's go. So do you go? Do you go and do that in person, or do you watch it on TV? I have done it in person, but no, I would watch it on TV. I've seen it in person maybe twice, maybe three times um, when I was young and crazy and thought I was nothing to stand out in the freezing cult. (laughs) (laughs) So since then, you have evolved to a summer girl. I have I'm always been a summer girl. I was just didn't know the stupidity of being out. And that's that's in uh, Times Square, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's in. Oh, yeah. That's Greek to me. It's in New York City, right? It's in New York City, two different places. Okay. okay. I thought I thought Times Square is in New York City. It is. Oh, oh but you're saying there's two different like two different locations within the city. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I've never been to New York, so you're gonna have to come one time. You have to come like do like an East Coast tour. Eventually I will. Like I you know, it's crazy. Like I've been been to Europe. I lived in Asia, right? Like I've been a lot of places, but I've never been to the East Coast. Oh, there's nothing like New York City, especially during Christmas. My question to you, Kim, is everybody is is everybody as nice as you are there? In New York City? No, no, no. And like in like, like your neck of the woods. Um I'll say we're probably feisty. I don't know whether we're you know, <laughs> I think with every area you have here nice people, you're not nice. Like it's it's New Jersey. I don't know how else. <laughs> describe it someone was making fun of me the other day after i released the video and they said you don't sound like you're from new jersey i said what does someone from new jersey sound like (laughs) (laughs) right on so uh we've got an interesting show uh we've got three of us tonight that have been at this a while and may have some pretty unique perspectives on some of the recent issues that uh, doordash drivers specifically have been facing uh, we have a special guest tonight, uh, tonight, which we are very pleased uh, to have on again joining us. And we have a slide. It's delayed. <laughs> Hold on. 
<laughs> so we, uh, we have Mr. Bet on You, Pedro Dornash Santiago, uh, joining us this evening. Why don't we go ahead and bring him on? Absolutely. Hey, hey guys. Pedro. Hey, how are you? What's going on, man? Good. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me on for the second time, and definitely have juicy topics tonight. And and you know, I think it's going to be interesting. So thank you. Thank you for joining. So how, real quick before we jump into it, man, how was your uh, Thanksgiving? It was good, man. I, you know, I had took like a three days off, didn't work at all for three days. So that was really nice. nice. Ate a lot of food, you know, typical Thanksgiving, spent time with some family, saw a few people I hadn't seen in a little while. So really, really, really good. Weather in St. Louis was really good. So um, I love the fall season, the wintertime. I know you guys are talking about the summer, but I love this time of year. It's my favorite time of the year. So I had a good, good holiday to start off. So right on. Yeah, I've been. I spent a lot of time in the Midwest. I got a uh, family in Illinois. So like mm -hmm. next to you. So, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it's my year there. It's before it gets too sticky. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It, in St. Louis here, at least it's like in parts of Illinois, the weather changes so often you'll have, you know, 70 degrees. It could be 70 degrees in St. Louis next week. And the next week after could be 30. So the weather's crazy. always an interesting thing. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. Glad to hear you had a nice uh, Thanksgiving, though. Yeah. Um, so go ahead, Kim. Sorry. No, I didn't say I don't know whether I just realized that we're like all representative around the country. So we have the East Coast, the West Coast and the middle of the country. So like we're kind of like all. Yeah. Mixed. Only thing we're missing is uh, somebody in the South. Who do we yeah, know in we... the South? Uh, Gary. Uh... Louis, uh, Louis Bertie, he's in Texas. That's true. That's true. Oh, that's yeah. Louis, yeah, he's in Houston, I believe. So. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So we just needed Louis, and then we would have had all four corners covered there. Yeah, that would have been a fun show too with him. Yeah, Louis is man, and you know, and Louis is great person too. You know, like you, you know, we all just sat around that bonfire and uh, yeah. just had a, you know, we just had a great time. So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so. There's been a lot of changes that we've seen as DoorDash drivers over the past month, two months that uh, we want to discuss. And uh, real quick, I, I, I want to get your perspective. So I, I know how often Kim and I get the comment, get a real job. How often do you hear that? I would say I see that comment several times a week. Yeah. Um, and I don't even see all of them, but I see it. And it's always very strange to me because you would hear that back in the day with certain jobs and things. But to even now in 2023, almost 2024, to have people still use that sentence to kind of like demean you almost. Yeah. It's just very odd to me because people are changing how we make money. And it's been like that. The gig economy is growing so fast that, you know, I kind of laugh at it, you know. Um, I think at first, maybe you think, um, you know, some, some drivers might have shame for being a, a delivery driver. And, you know, maybe we've some of us have had those moments. But like now I just kind of laugh and be like, I do OK, mostly. So, uh, you know, a real job to me is what pays you. Money is yeah. money. So it's just <laughs> yeah. kind of very strange to me when people say that, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I can't speak for either of you, but I've had jobs that paid me far less. W2 job, mm -hmm. real jobs. That'll pay me far less than uh, what I consistently earn driving. Yeah. So, but, you know, I mean, I, I guess people are so used to having somebody breathing down their neck, telling them what to do, when to do it. And uh, 
man, like, you know, my last, I'll tell you what, matter of fact, I'm going to go on a tie right here real quick. I'm good at those. The, the last, (laughs) the last W2 job I had, uh, it was actually a really bad supervisor that got me into gig work. So I wanted to kind of distance myself from just a terrible supervisor. And so I started like driving and then I'm like, man, like I'm making two, three times what I'm making at this W2 job, you know, on, on my own time here. Like, what am I doing? Like, this is costing me money. So, you know, I, sorry, go ahead, finish. No, I mean, like, you, you kind of hit a point where what you're doing, if you're evolving to something else, what you're doing can cost you money. Mm. Yeah. I just think there's a very big misconception about what a gig worker does. And, you know, Pedro, going back to your point, like, you make money, we still pay taxes, it's a job. I don't know how else you look at it. I mean, it's the same exact Thing. The only thing is, is we're really making our own schedules. We're coming and going as we're pleasing. But I feel like there's a big misconception that there's no money to be made in the gig economy. Mm. Like, I feel like people think down on it and think, ah, they're just a delivery driver. They don't, how much could they really be making? They can't be making more than me that has a real job. And in, you know, Zach's case, yeah, we really are making probably more than a lot of people do in the W2 world. And I feel like that's like the misconception in the world. And I don't know where the animosity though comes from with that statement. I feel like there's just so much like get a real job, like so much animosity. I think that people tend to react negatively to something that they don't understand or don't know much about. And, And we see that just in life in general. You know, people tend to fear monger subjects that they don't understand, but I I don't know. I mean, maybe people just don't, I've done a lot of things online. So I I guess I've always kind of had this mentality of, you know, you, you can, if you put in the time, you can make money doing it. So, but maybe not everybody's done that. So, uh, you know, for, for example, like, uh, you know, I love him to death, but my dad has no understanding whatsoever about what I do on YouTube. And for the first like year and a half, he kept telling me about all these like job opportunities in his area. Like, hey, if you come on out here, you know, you could make 20 bucks an hour, you know, down at the factory. Like, yeah, I don't want to take a pay cut, but thank you. (laughs) So, you know, and, you know, his understanding, his sense evolved a little bit, but. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I think I've seen and you got, well, I'd like to get your guys' perspective on this is at least from my end. When I see those comments on a video I've done or somebody else has done, it typically comes from when when we, or I'll speak for myself, when I am complaining about a tip or a no tip mm. or, or a situation and yeah. people, their responses will get a real job if you don't like the pay, right? Yeah. So I've gotten that from from viewers or commenters or whatever. And I think it's almost like they're telling me or us, right? Well, if you don't like it, get a real job because, you know, we're, we're talking about the pay and it's low and from DoorDash mm-hmm. and the things we're going to talk about tonight. And then the consumer is not tipping us and not understanding what we're doing and valuing us. So then they get on the defensive like, well, then get a real job and yeah. assuming, OK, well, what's the, so if I work at Taco Bell, is that a real job? Does a real job have to be a doctor or a lawyer? Like what is 
what is the real job? So it's just a very confusing thing. But I think it comes from when when I've seen it, it's a video where if I'm talking about a, the negative side as far as the pay from a consumer or DoorDash as a whole, you know? I want to actually just pop up a comment real quick because um, some people have a degree and drives for a living. And I had a discussion with Zach about this yesterday is I had a comment one time and it was like a long paragraph and I was going to do something about it. I'm like, no, nope, I'm just going to let it go because they were basically saying that go get a real job and go get an education in order to succeed in the world is basically what it comes down to. And, oh, wow. you know, the comment that um, they just said, you know, I have a BA, I was making a six digit, th like this is a choice for me because it works for me. It works for my family. Like I, I still feel I get value out of it. I have fun doing it. Like I have a lot more fulfillment doing what I'm doing now than what I was doing before. <laughs> so to me, that means the world and I could care less what anybody else really thinks to be honest. Amen. I can appreciate that. What? Just real quick before we wrap up this this part, uh, do you guys respond to those comments at all? No. Or do you just ignore them? <laughs> uh, sometimes I respond. It depends on the mood I'm in. Mostly, I would say it's hard. I, I don't see every comment and I don't respond to everything. It's hard, but um, I sometimes will respond. It yeah. depends on the mood I'm in and who is it from. If, do I recognize that name? Do I not? Um, most of them, I just let, I just let them sit there. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes yeah. I do. I, I'm going to, I'm going to give away one of my secrets here. So the ones that are just really ignorant, like intentionally trying to belittle, what I'll do is I'll jump on uh, chat GPT and I'll copy what they said and say, respond to this from a driver's perspective, make it <laughs> condescending and use big words. That and is so it's awesome. like this like Shakespearean <laughs> response that this person gets. They just can't understand. So that is awesome. I never would have thought to do that. Oh yeah. But that's fun because then they're, they're reading it and they're like, oh, wow. And it makes me feel stupid. <laughs> right. So, you know, that's a little little hack I've used once or twice. So, um, uh, Kim, I dealt with it. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. I, I think we're all in agreement. Like a, a real job is the one that pays your bills, essentially. Absolutely. 100%. Okay. I think that's why, why would we be doing what we're doing if it's not paying our bills or if you're part-time, you're not paying off debt or you're not paying for a trip, right? Like it's always paying for something. There's always a means to end beside, behind what we do, whether it's part-time, whether it's full-time, we're still making money that pays a bill at some point to achieve yeah. the goals we're trying to achieve. But yeah. furthermore, you can if you're taking a trip within the States, we can work anywhere, almost anywhere. We could just turn on an app and make more money, right? Like, I wish I would have had this opportunity as uh, as a new, like a new parent. You know, I was on a fixed income raising a small child. Like if I needed diapers or something, could have went and drove for 30 minutes or an hour. A great point. Know? I think a lot of people it, do DoorDash right now for that reason. You know what I mean? They do it like they need a quick hundred bucks, 50 bucks for something. And, you know, yeah. I think a lot of people do it for that reason. Yeah. For, in my opinion, the, the get a real job is just an archaic way of thinking. And, uh, you know, people need to wake up and check out the internet. Yeah. Well, I've worked with, I've worked a lot restaurants and I've worked with people, servers, bartenders, and they, they make good money depending on a restaurant, but 
and they had degrees, art degrees, yeah. be, be, you know, bachelor degrees. Some I've, I've worked with people that have master degrees and they were doing it to put themselves through school or they had so much student loan debt that they needed to do this like a service job. And then they noticed how much money they were making and they never used their degree. So, you know, I've worked with a lot of people that have had that scenario. So, and you can't tell somebody waiting tables, get a real job. Right. But I think people look down, people look down on some people look down on delivery food drivers and pizza people. And, you know, they look down on us and, and, you know, it's very unfortunate because food delivery people, delivery people and all, whether it's DHL or UPS or FedEx, we make the world go around. We're delivering people essential things and non-essential things. And we're giving you convenience. So if we stopped working, if we all got real jobs, people would lose their minds, you know? So we all play a role in the overall economy, right? From all the way up, you know, from brain surgeons to, you know, cashiers at, at a fast food joint, we all play some role in the larger economy. So I want to kind of shift gears here a little bit over this last couple of months, we've seen a lot of changes uh, rolling out on DoorDash. And I've had a lot of drivers tell me that they're either going back to a W-2 or they're considering it. Have have you both experienced the same thing? I think, yeah, I think it's a, it's a decision that it's, it's a hard decision to make either way, right? It's a hard decision to go from W-2 to the gig world thinking that you can make it because they're completely different and people have the mindset that they're the same thing. They're completely two different things. But at the same time, it's another hard decision to go from the gig world back to a W-2 world. To me, it's whatever is going to pay your bills. You need to do what you need to do no matter what it is. If it's gonna, if a W-2 is going to pay you more money, do whatever's going to make you happy and going to fulfill your life and pay your bills. Do what you need to do. So why don't we briefly talk about some of these changes? Um, So this isn't in every market, but we saw DoorDash raise the uh, minimum completion rate from 80% to 90%. Uh, right off the top, I don't think that's a doomsday scenario. I think a lot more states got rolled out this past week. I know Page or two weeks ago, right? Pedro, your area got rolled out mm-hmm. to the ninety percent. My area got rolled out to the ninety percent. I think mm-hmm. a lot of if you go into Reddit and also Facebook groups, a lot of people got rolled out. Was it everybody? No. I think from the comments I was seeing, California didn't get rolled out because I think they're under. Um, Prop 22. Um, so I think it depends yeah. on your state. Um, but a lot of people got rolled out um, a couple weeks ago, the 90%. Well, it doesn't start until December 6th, technically. Yeah. So I didn't get it. But I- I'm curious to know, in your own words, both of you, if you think it's a big deal, or if it's just another minor thing that they're tweaking. Mm. I I don't see it. me personally I don't see it as a big deal um just because because of the LOP program I've yeah. always kept mine above 95% but I've always been that driver like it has to be something pretty big for me to cancel an order um so but I've always been like that like I take an order I own the order I deliver the order unless there's like something haywire then you know I'll cancel it but um I don't see it as a big thing I personally think there is a hidden agenda behind DoorDash doing it. My own personal opinion. I just think the activations are coming. Um, and I think it's a way of getting orders delivered. 
Mm. Yeah, I don't. Um, my the lowest my completion rate ever has been, which was probably a year or a year and a half ago, was eighty two percent. And because I was I was the king of hey, back in the day we used to be able to on sack orders you could see which one was two dollars and which one was ten. And I would unassign that two dollar ninety nine times out of a hundred. And now you can't do that. So you know, um, which which sucks, but you know it is what it is. But for me, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, I think it's actually really easy to be above ninety percent. I think you can still drop ten. You know, even if emergency situations happen, I think we have enough of a gap there to be okay. Um, I'm not really concerned about it. I, they reset mine. I think it was last week. And I'm at 90, I'm at 98 right now. So I've dropped two in the last okay. couple of weeks for various reasons. And I'll, I'll continue to do that if I have to. But to Kim's point, as far as like the activations and things, I think, I think organically, there's going to be some people that will either not like that or not be aware enough. And then they will be deactivated because they didn't watch the dates right, or they didn't do this or they didn't do that. So we will have some people that will fall off the app because of this. I don't know if it'll be a significant amount, but it could be a way for them to kind of just bring some newbies on and get rid of some of the old vets, right. That know how to work the system. Right. And um, I, I think if you're, if you're somebody that is a multi apper and you've got them all on at the same time and you know, you got an Uber Eats order for 20 bucks and the DoorDash is 10. Now you might have to rethink, Hey, can I really drop this DoorDash if I'm at 90%? Because, uh, you know, I really want that Uber Eats. And how often will that happen? Eh, maybe a handful of times every month, maybe. But um, yeah. I think it's a way for them to keep the Dasher, like Kim does, keep them engaged on that order. So I, I do think we have to understand there is a consumer on the other end that wants to get that product. And DoorDash is doing this because at the end of the day, they're going to have more orders delivered and less orders dropped. So as a business move, I understand it. And I'm not concerned personally that it's going to yeah. affect my account, but I could understand why some people would be like, well, this sucks because now I have to rethink how I multi-app and things like that. I think that it will kind of, so somebody like me, I typically tend to keep my completion rate right about 90%. And, and that's because of that exact scenario you just gave. I'll get an Uber Eats order and, uh, you know, hey, Kim is a little too nice sometimes in my opinion. She's committed to the order and I'm like, good luck, everybody else. I'm the fuck out. So, you know, like, yeah. Uh, so, but I mean, as somebody who does run, you know, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, uh, Spark, at least every time I drive, 90% has been no problem in the past. Uh, I think that this is as high as we'll see it get. I don't think that they're going to try to jump to 95 because that's the requirement for um, – uh, LLP LP. and uh, yeah. Top Dasher uh, under the uh, driver tiers. So I yeah. think I think we're seeing it as high as it's going to get. And if somebody like me who is looking for a reason to get rid of the order can maintain 90, I think people will be okay. Yeah. And I, I'll be honest. I think, you know, if I'm a Dasher with an 82% or 85 or, you know, below that threshold of 90 currently, I'm, you know, if you're dropping 15 out of the last 100, that's a lot. Yeah. So and if, if, if I'm a if I'm a dasher like Kim and has a 99 or 100, DoorDash is looking at Kim like she's way more reliable. Yeah. So we're going to give her these good orders, the LOPs, the orders that from our customers that order a lot. We want to make sure it goes to Kim maybe because she's not going to drop it versus going to Pedro who might drop it. So I understand like and they should give it to Kim. If I'm at an 85 and I and 
Kim should get that really good order from that customer that orders every week and orders two hundred dollars worth of sushi. That should go to Kim, in my opinion, because she's not going to drop it. And I think the algorithm probably knows that. So I don't have a problem with with. I think completion rate should be an important number. That's just my opinion. So I'm not worried about the ninety percent. But I think to Zach's point, it, some some drivers will definitely be affected by it. Yeah, it's like you gotta. I think you got to be trying to get deactivated. Honestly, Kim, I got to disagree with you here. I don't think that we're going to see a string of deactivations. No, I think see, you really got to. I now I think you are, and this is the reason why. And I don't know about your area, Pedro, but so the email said that we are going to reset your completion rate on December sixth when this really goes into effect. My completion rate, even though I was at 100% at the time, got reset 15 days early. So I think drivers might not even see that email. I think drivers oh. might think that they're going to get reset again on the 6th, and they're going to still go crazy and still do their own normal thing, and then the 6th is going to come, and if they're below 90%, I think it's a way for DoorDash to um, deactivate some drivers. I'm just fair warning just because I don't want to see any – drivers See, get deactivated now, because of this okay but now i feel like it's kind of a blind side because like i feel like a lawyer walking into court to argue with you but i didn't have all the information up front i didn't know well, that they reset people like 15 days early you have to pay attention you didn't tell so gonna, nobody told me I pulled, I pulled mine up here this is what mine said kim so mine said i got it on uh the 15th of november right and um it says, we want to let you know that on 12-6, we're making an update to the minimum completion rate criteria. Starting 12-6, the minimum completion rates remain active. On DoorDash will be 80 to 90%. But it didn't tell me your completion rate. So to help with this, we will be resetting your completion rate to 100% on 12-6. Right, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, so mine said the same as yours. Yeah, yeah. And, and mine got, got you. reset, I think, probably the same time yours did. Yeah. 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 Okay. Weird. Weird. All right. Weird. I stand corrected. I did not know that. Yeah. That's yeah. So they, they, they said one thing and they kind of meant another. So either the email was not sent out right or they said, let's just reset it early. And who, who knows what the motive is? But Kim's. Yeah. Kim's, yeah. Mine's. Okay. Mine said, I was I was checking mine to see because maybe it said something different than yours. But it said the same. I, so I read it. I read the email over and over because I wanted to make before I even spoke about it, even yeah. on my own channel. Like I wanted to make sure it had all the facts right. I'm like, no, I it says yeah. on December 6th. And I'm like, mm, that's really hmm. tricky there, DoorDash. Like you think as yeah. a driver, I'm like, well, as a driver, do you think, well, am I going to get reset again? Do I play the game? Like there's so many different things that you can think of. Um, I just don't want to see anybody get deactivated because they're not at that 90% on the six. That's all. Yeah. 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 It, we'll see. I mean, I think we'll, there might be some, but I, I, I think my, my word to dashers would be don't even, why even risk it? Just give, you know, if you're going to drop some because another order on Uber, grub up paying you better, hey, you can still do it, but just be careful, right? They're telling you exactly what the expectation is. So don't get too close to now. I wouldn't even want to be at 90, right? Yeah. I, you know, I'd be at 91 or something because don't, don't give them any reason to take away your opportunity to make money if you use DoorDash. You know, and something else, people don't seem to realize is like, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it is a little bit of a squeeze on drivers, but 
with Uber Eats, you can unassign far less than DoorDash and you could just be done, right? It's it, like they don't publish their numbers. Mm-hmm. You just wake up one day and you got deactivated because you unassigned one too many orders. Yeah. So, you know, and drivers aren't freaking out about that. So I don't see that yeah. the 10% jump is going to be the, the biggest deal in the world. But Yeah, I don't even uh, know what Uber stance is with that. I know what my I, numbers are. They tell me what I should do to get to the certain levels. But yeah. I have no idea. With DoorDash, at least they tell you. With Uber, I have, to your point, I yeah. have no idea. You don't know, but you know what? I, you know, for me, I know for me, for DoorDash, it's 11,000 deliveries. Pedro, you're at 10,000. You're at 10,000. Yeah. I think you're at 10,000. So, congratulations because yeah. I know yeah. you just got there. And, you know, I feel like over these deliveries we've done, like it's all about adapting, right? So, a new change comes out, we have to adapt. A new change comes out, we have to adapt. Like, I'm like, okay, it's another new change. Now we all have yeah. to adapt once again. You know, if it were something like, okay, you had to start accepting 50% of your orders to get the ability to dash now, even when the map was red, I think people's heads would explode. But yeah, small, small change. And I, I don't think it's it's worthy of drivers freaking out. Uh, now, the one that I'm salty about is the dropping the base pay down to $2. Yeah. So <laughs> let's <laughs> let's have a conversation about that. So this isn't a new thing in a lot of markets. They've had $2 markets for what? At least six, eight months. But now we're seeing it almost everywhere. Uh, Kim, you got hit too, didn't you? Yeah, I was, I was mad. I'll be honest. I was mad. I was mad. (laughs) Like it's when, you know, what was it? Three years ago now we, they did the 25 cents. Was it three years, two years, however many years ago it was when they wait and we made a huge to do about it as content. Like we were outraged and I'm like, son of a, I won't say it, but anyway, (laughs) the 75 cent comes and then like you start to do the math, right? So I do a hundred deliveries a week. So that's $75 times four weeks a month. Well, sometimes five, but we'll go with four weeks a month. That's $300 over a year. It's $3,900 times how many other drivers there are out on the road, man, there's some pocketing some cash and we're not getting any (laughs) Yeah, for me, I remember uh, a couple years back when it went from $3 in St. Louis to $2.25. And it happened to me as I was dashing. And I made a video mm. and I was I did the math just like you guys did. And I was like real salty about it. Like, this sucks. Yeah. This sucks. Because at that point, you know, you're doing so many deliveries a day, 20 a day or whatever it is, 100 a week. And it's like, man, that's you get, you just got a pay cut. You know, yeah. you know at a, at a, I know this isn't a W-2, but you go to a W-2, they're not going to say, hey, Pedro, hey, Zach, Kim. We're going to pay you a dollar less now per hour. You'd walk out if they said that, right? Yeah. So, but we all know the reason they do that. Kim, you think you should, you have 11,000 deliveries, right? Mm-hmm. So I have 10,000, right? You and I are extremely rare dashers. Yeah, we are. And they, and they know that. So they know that even if they drop the base pay, we're still going to turn the apps on. And all they're doing is gaining more money and leverage from the new people because they don't know yeah. different. They don't, they know yeah. no different. They don't know about the $3 base pay. They don't know about this. They didn't know that the stacked orders used to get, you know, $4 at least on stacks. Now I had a stack the other day. It was $2 base pay, two bucks for two deliveries to two different people. And that's frustrating. 
Yeah. But new drivers don't know any difference, so they're either going to take it or not take it. And DoorDash is just obviously saving um, the cost of their labor, um, and they're pocketing that money, the difference. Yeah, think about all the money that they're making, right? So they're making fees on the customers just by charging them regular fees, even if it's a Dash Pass fee, if they're Dash Pass holder. Then they're making money from the restaurant end because they're taking a percentage based off of whatever the person orders. So they're getting that as well. And now <laughs> they're taking money away from their driver. Like how much, think of how much money as a company they are pocketing just by even cutting 75 cents. Like, but the thing, this is my, this is my rant for the day is just because our base pay got cut, my goals never change. Like I still have to make my goal in order to pay my bills every single day. Like that doesn't change. So I have to now as a driver, make up what I'm losing on the DoorDash end. So it's, yeah. you know, going to different apps, it's going to catering apps, it's going to, you know, doing other things that are my side hustles, like to make up the money that I'm losing. Yeah. Some drivers might not have that and might have to stay out longer in order to achieve what they're still trying to achieve. That's the problem I have with it. No, I, you're right. And I think, I think most, um, if you're talking DoorDash, right, it's the biggest, baddest wolf. It's the, you know, like it's most drivers are on it or the habit that the barrier of entry is very low to get on DoorDash. It's easy. The wait list isn't like the other apps that we've tried. So if you're an average DoorDash driver, like you said, Kim, my goals doesn't change. So I need to make a hundred bucks. Now, basically, with the base pay going down on stacks and singles, DoorDash is basically telling you, hey, or a dasher might tell themselves, well, I just got to do one more delivery, which isn't the end of the world. But that means you're out an extra 15 to 30 minutes per day and you're delivering an extra order for DoorDash that you didn't have to do last week. Right. To make your hundred dollars. And now you compound that over millions of orders a day. That's millions of orders more that are getting delivered on time. So they're, you know, they're not forcing us to do it, but. If you got to hit a goal, you, if you're at 95 bucks and without the base pay drop, you would have been at 100. Now you got to do one more $5 run. So there's something I've been noticing in my market when I'm out on generally on the weekends, you know, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and times that it's usually busy and DoorDash is just going berserk. I'm finding myself waiting longer in between orders and I'm seeing far more doubles now. So they're, they're trying to stack orders together far more frequently, which I mean, from a business perspective is great for them because they still get the same fees from the customer, but the driver's getting less. So I guess the first question is, have you two noticed that as well since the $2 uh, doubles? To me, it's been the same in my market. I I haven't noticed it, um, but Earn by Time came to my market now. So I feel like a lot of stacks are going to Earn by Time. Um, but that's just my opinion on where stacks are going right now. I haven't noticed, uh, I, you know, for several years, the last few years, I've gotten the stacks and the add the routes at the same rate for me. Um, what I've noticed is just that just some of them aren't as good. The ones that were bad already are just worse. And the ones that were really good, maybe a double stack Papa John's, 20 bucks for five or six miles, which is kind of normal for me, uh, especially if there's some kind of peak pay in St. Louis. Now, instead of it being 20, it's 18, right? So, yeah. but I, I've seen about the same amount uh, as far as stacks. Um, I really like to add the routes. Usually my add the routes 
most of them are really good. Sometimes they're not, but when, when it starts off as a single and then they add something, that add-on is usually really good for me. I like those better. Um, that's just my experience, at least, and I've seen those still be about the same as well. So, I do. So, I'll always say, you know, my motto is always kindness is always free, right? But man, I'm gonna tell you, like, I, losing money pisses me off. I'm not gonna like to hear it. I like to see. I like to see doesn't. the passion. I like. I like to see the mad Kim a little bit. It's like, good. Like, we got her losing money. We got her to say shit a few episodes back. What? I missed that? I need oh, yeah, seriously. Oh, my God. That's awesome. But all jokes for the side, do we even talk about the $2 for a staffed order now opposed to even $4? Like, that's another $2 that they cut talking about stacked orders. So it's another $2 that they're saving. So it's like they're doing buy one, get one free, like when it comes to stacked orders. I don't know. I don't like losing money. That's all I'm saying. To, to an extent, you're right. I mean, it, it, like, there's the potential if that second customer doesn't tip that we could end up costing ourselves money by delivering the order. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you got to be really careful and know your cost to operate, obviously. But I don't know that I necessarily agree with you on the doing it for free. I mean, like, I, I think you're you're either going to be profitable or you're going to take a loss. Yeah. Well, we're just not getting as much profit. That's the issue. Because, like so, I said, that order you was last week could have been 20. Now it's 18. So that two dollars, if you're yeah. full time, up over the course of a week and a month and a year, right? To Kim's point, what she said earlier, and it just su it sucks, and you know that's why you have to have, you know, I, this past week, my acceptance rate has been dropping the last couple of weeks for various reasons, and then I didn't have my shopping pay. I thought I lost my red card, so I had to say I don't have my card. So mm -hmm. then they weren't sending me shopping delivers. And I do a ton. Zach and Kim, I do a ton of shopping delivers. They tell me I have priority, whatever that means. I feel like I do. I get really good Aldi's and, and a local uh, restaurant, a local um, grocery store called Deerberg's. And I get really good ones. And they don't always take a lot of time. And I stopped getting them for like two weeks. So I, the, what I was getting was regular food delivery. And my acceptance rate was just going down. Mm. And it got to 54. And for me, that's low. But. It is what it is, right? I've, I've changed my strategy a little bit. So the last three days, I've worked my way up because I want the dash not feature. Mm -hmm. And plus, I was making some videos just to show people what not to do. And, <laughs> and I'm going to come out with a video tomorrow telling you why I did what I did. And I've never delivered to more non-tippers in the last three days than, than in 10,000 deliveries before. It's been Oof. crazy. And, and not having that extra... 25 cents or two dollars it adds up man it, and it's it's frustrating to kim's point they they took money but the reason they did is because they know more new dashers are coming to these apps it's the holiday season more part-timers than ever are on doordash because you got christmas gifts to buy new expenses you know and and people are struggling so they know that people are desperate and the newbies don't know about what we had six months ago so to them it's like okay i'm getting $18 for this Papa John's run. Yay, I love it. But they didn't know that you used to get 20. And you know, for next year, it's going to be maybe a dollar base pay. I'm not going to be surprised when that happens. You know, I think it's just a matter of time before we see that. I agree. For sure. So, you know, and it's not just DoorDash that pulls stuff like that, right? Like, oh, it's Uber's actually in, yeah. Oh, Uber's yeah. worse. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's actually in <laughs> Uber's terms of service 
yes. that the uh, anything past the first delivery and you're essentially working for tips only. I mean, it says it in legalese far more eloquently than I could ever put it, but in plain English, anything past the first delivery and you could be working for free. I had but an 18 many- cent, 18 cent baseball. Oh. Eight, you're you're one of the drivers that got that? Well, it was sent to me by somebody. I verified it. And then, I don't know, a week later or so, I did a, a ad to route. Like, they added an Uber to my order or whatever. And it was, like, five bucks or something for, like, Jeez. a mile. So I took it. And then you see, you know, with Uber, at least they, they show you the breakdown. It was, it was, like, 20 cents or something for that, for the base pay. And then That's crazy. Uh, it's, I mean, it's nuts, man. I yeah, mean, no, they, they've been... Things. Well, I, I'll tell you what, I, you know, I've made my position on this no secret. I think that DoorDash takes the most, shot, uh, most shots of drivers, hands down. However, yeah. when Uber steps up to bat, they knock it out of the park. I they, agree. When, when they decide to take a shot at drivers, man, it is far worse than whatever DoorDash does. Yeah. They do it on the sly, though. If you ever think about it, like, DoorDash makes, like, I feel like a public statement about everything we do maybe it's because they're the more public i mean the more popular app but i feel like it's a huge like to do whenever something big comes from doordash but like if uber does something i feel like it's like slid in there and then all of a sudden like you have to go on a reddit or facebook and someone's like i got a 16 cent base payer i got this or i got that like then it starts to come out it's not so much like in your face yeah yeah and uber uber here is I mean, they, they, Uber does more with playing with the money and hiding this and being sneaky than DoorDash. I think it's tenfold. I think the Uber rideshare, and you talk to some of the drivers, like that Sergio and Chris talk to, Uber rideshare to me is more of a bully than DoorDash. That's my opinion. I've done rideshare. I started with rideshare. I enjoyed it, but I've seen some weird things with the money and what they do with the quest and the bonus and the, and, and yeah, for me, Uber is a bigger, badder wolf, but that's my opinion. Yeah, so, I've never done rideshare, but I've had Sergio tell me, <laughs> "You oh, think shit. that's bad?" Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So you absolutely. said you did a couple, a couple of days that you took every orders in a row. So, do we even talk about delivery streaks? <laughs> oh man, I. You know what? I, I, I came to my market um, maybe three weeks ago or two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I tried it. And I think I've done I think I've done three or four different streaks where I completed it to the end, and two of them were good. Like the orders were good, the extra eight made sense, and the other two they weren't great. Uh, I didn't have a good experience. And one time I even did enough, and then they the end of my dash, and I couldn't get back on, and they didn't pay me the eight dollars even though I did enough deliveries. But so I've had mixed uh, a mixed experience with the streaks. I don't love them. They're basically just peak pay. But it's a way for them to get you to take everything because you can't drop it. You can't, you know, because then you start over. So it's a way for them to keep you busy and maybe take some trash or maybe not. So for me, it's just like a dollar seventy-five peak pay, but you have to do five. Whereas if you're the regular peak pay, you can just right. decline so he, or accept. So so here's my thing with the with the delivery strike. So if you they rolled it out the same time that they cut the base pay by two dollars by seventy five cents, depending on your market. So yeah. in my area, it was ended up being a dollar fifty per order if you got the streak completed. You cut that in half because you just lost seventy five cents. So technically, you're making seventy five cents per order instead of the dollar fifty because you're still trying to make up the money you lost on the base pay. Not only that, and this has I don't know whether it's my area, but many dashers complain in my area and i got a couple of comments as well 
you get to like the fourth one right before you complete it. And it's either they send you a message saying an order didn't get to your phone and it starts you all over from the beginning. And then there was one streak. I was at my very last one. I was on number five. I got a stacked order. I completed it. I'm like, okay, I finished it. You started me at zero all over again. That same thing. That's what happened to me. One, it was yeah. It's, it's shady stuff. It's, I'm telling you. Yeah. Can we just stop for a moment and like I, I, conspiracy theory time? I think that Kim used to launder money for like a cartel or something with all that math she just popped off with. <laughs> like Kim could seriously be a money launderer with Kim, with she's like a, she's the underboss of Jersey in her prior life. <laughs> But I, I was sitting there trying to follow you, Kim, and, and the only thing I could think of is like she's freaking Scarface. She's secretly Scarface. Listen, I see it. I can see. It. Sometimes it's the nicest ones you have to like worry about. Like, <laughs> yeah. So oh, I, I want to. I, I do want to jump back real quick to uh, the the two dollar base pay. So we've all been at it. You you've been at it for what four years? Driving three and a half, four years. Uh, I think yeah, DoorDash. I think almost four. Um, okay. Yeah, I think almost four. Yeah. Okay, so you started within the like a few months of me, uh, and I think Kim's got a year or two on us. Uh, so collectively, we've got some experience here. What what can drivers do to make up the lost income? I don't think any one of us are going to be the person to tell you to turn the apps off or to uninstall them. No. You know, I think all of us will say adapt, find a way to do it better. <laughs> so let's start with you, Kim. Um. I was saying this behind the scenes before we even got on tonight. Um, I don't think the gig economy is going away. As long as there's lazy people out there in the world, we're always going to be in business. I don't think it's going away. I just think every couple of years, in my opinion, we, we evolve somehow. And whatever that new evolution is for me, like I found catering apps, but I think it's all about having multiple streams of income, side incomes coming in, whether it's YouTube, it's Etsy, it's opening up like your small business, it's podcasting. Like there's so many other things besides the gig economy that can bring revenue into your income. I think it's really finding those niches that's going to work for you in order to subsidize a lot of your income that you're missing from some of these apps as we kind of evolve through these times. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, obviously passive income and having multiple streams is, is what we should be striving for. I think for, a lot of people that's difficult because they don't even know where to start, right? And not everybody can do some of the things that we do, and that's okay, but there, there's something that they can try. And yeah. I always try to tell like, at least my audience, like, what, what what can you do differently that you weren't trying next year? Try something, right? Adapting, and you know, that's that's fine, but like try try something to where you're not having to continually work more for the same amount of money, because eventually that that will run its course in a, in a bad way for you because there's only so many hours in a day and you don't want to stretch yourself too thin um so you know having more apps is always great but eventually those apps if you do it too long and you don't have some kind of plan you don't have to have an exit strategy right you can keep these apps on in your back pocket for however long you need full-time part-time but like you have to have a plan because eventually even these catering apps more people will learn about them and then maybe the opportunities become less and less right Walmart Spark was crazy last couple of years and 
Then you hear mm-hmm. people talking negative about it. Now it's good again because it's the holidays. But then January, February is going to be lean, right? So we have to, in my opinion, as, as gig economy side hustlers, as independent and contractors, whatever you want to call us, we have to be thinking several months ahead. So yeah. we know, it, you know, a lot of us are struggling now, right? For whatever reason, lower base pay, oversaturation, holiday season, recession, inflation, whatever you want to call it. Okay, and we know January and parts of February are slow, right? So for me, we should be thinking about, we know what's going to happen. So in August or September, we should be thinking about what can I do to set myself up when it is slow or if something happens. We got to be a little more forward thinking so that, you know, we're not reactive. We got to be a little proactive, right? That's what I would tell people, like, think about how do you want to be in the summer? What do you want to, you know? What do you want to be in the summertime? What can you do now to set yourself up in the summer so you're not struggling at that point? And I think a lot of us are we're in our car a lot. We're very in the moment. We're like, accept the client, miles to money. What's this? What's that? What's my goal? But we're not thinking about 2024, spring of 2024. So I, I you know, I, I would challenge us to look at it a couple of months out, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Can so I that's, just say, sorry. I just thought of something that just popped in my head. I don't want to lose it. Like we all are on YouTube right now, right? We're all listening to YouTube. One of the best things I always do, especially at nighttime when I'm driving, is I listen to other YouTube channels that tell me a new skill or teach me a new side hustle. Or there's so many different things you can learn from YouTube that I actually listen as I'm driving and I learn different things as I'm driving. So call it multitasking as a multi-apping. I, I don't know what else to tell you, but it is it has really helped me understand different ways of getting income. Some I put to you, some I put in my back of my head for future to see if it's something I can do, but it, there's so much you can learn on YouTube as you're driving to really help you with some of the stuff too. So I want to comment on something Pedro said, uh, thinking a few months out that that is golden advice. And uh, when I have people tell me that they're thinking about quitting their W2 to go full time, Mm -hmm. uh, the first question I always ask is how long have you been driving? And if it's anything less than a year, I tell them give it at least one full year Uh, because you don't know until you've given it the full year, you don't know what January is like. You know, we talked about that a little bit earlier. But that's you don't like, know what you don't know yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and then the summer months are going to be slow in most markets. Uh, you know, Christmas time is going to pick up, be crazy, and uh, you know it, it does this all year long. And if you're planning three, four months out, right? Like you could be setting aside that money that is going to be a lot harder to earn in the summer and in January. So when you hit those rough months, you're not sitting there, you know, stressed out. Um, I want to one more thing, and then you know we can move on unless you guys have any more thoughts on this. Um, I with drivers making less per order on doubles and you know so on and so forth. I think that a goal of every driver should be, and, and before you guys start beating me up in the comments, hear me out on this. I think that drivers should start finding ways to cut down their order time, like how long they're spending on each order. Because if you can get more orders in, it's really not ultimately going to matter too much. So for me, the way I could do that is I could drive one town north where it's nothing but houses and you know there's really not much traffic. But yeah, it's going to be you know maybe fewer orders, but I'm going to spend less time on each order. So my turnaround times are going to be quicker. 
you know, and I'm available to make more money in a shorter period of time. Mm-hmm. Hope that all made sense. No, it, it makes sense to me. And I, you know, the only thing I want to add is, you know, obviously time is money. And if you can cut, I think the average order for most of us might be 15, 20 minutes, right? You can, most mm-hmm. of us can do orders in an hour if it's busy. Maybe you get lucky, you get the fourth. Other hours you're doing two orders an hour, depending. But like, I think we have to remind ourselves and the community, like uh, a dollar is a dollar. So we're talking about the base pay going down, the stacks and this and that and gas going up. I think another another way to prepare and to look in months out and things is like, what are your spending habits? Do you have a budget? As simple Mm. as that, do you have a budget? Kim talks about listening to other YouTube podcasters on how to maybe a new hustle or a new that. But then, yeah, listen to some financial planners about budgeting. And, hey, are you the DoorDash driver that's going to the Dunkin Donuts every morning and spending five dollars on a coffee? Do you get a monster energy drink twice a day? That's eight dollars. Like, what can you do in your personal spending habits to get back some of the money that you're not getting in the gig economy? Because a dollar is a dollar, right? So I think yeah. you know we got to take a little bit of that like personal responsibility in the budgeting. When times become hard, the old adage is, "Hey, you got to tighten the belt a little bit." So if you got to tighten that belt for a month and really look at your expenses and then look back and say, "Okay, you know, I saved an extra fifty bucks this month because I didn't go to Dunkin' Donuts every day." Right. And, you know, doing things like that also a dollar is a dollar. So if you're losing it one way, how do I figure out a way to make it up? And it doesn't mean I have to work more apps or I got to work more of this. Sometimes it's about your other spending, you know, so just I wanted to throw that in there. Absolutely. And a lot of times it's about thinking outside of the box too, right? Like, uh, so I'm going to pick on Josh in the comments here. Uh, He says he gets a $7 smoothie every day. Uh, So, I mean, that sounds delicious, but what if you were to take that $7 and instead of buying a smoothie, what if you were to put that money into like a, uh, like a uh, dividend yielding, um, uh, not, not mutual fund. Um, It's on the tip of my tongue. Um, dividend stocks basically yeah yeah you know you you start doing that and all of a sudden yeah right and then all of a sudden a few minutes later what ended up what what started as a liability you know spending money ends up becoming highly profitable for you and it's passive income at that point so what i do is this is just me and what i do everybody is different i'm not giving Uh any financial advice i'm going to put a disclaimer out there whatsoever but usually my first or my last i know my first or my last order of the day whatever it is whatever i deem for that day i take it and i put it in my robin hood account and i put it towards a dividend stock and it i started this when i first started doordash because the whole entire Mm -hmm. reason why i started doordash is a college education for my daughter and that's how my robin hood account but i wanted even when i went full-time i still wanted to still put money away for the college education, even though I'm still doing this full time. So that's what I do, but that's also how I save for things like Christmas, like taking Mm -hmm. days off so I don't have to work seven days a week or so on and so forth when the holidays come around. Like I always take like an extra order, whatever that extra order is, that's what I'm putting into savings for either Robinhood or for whatever holidays coming up that I need to spend for. Yeah, it's very smart. You know, and, and so much of this is honestly just out uh, thinking outside of the box. And yeah. you know, that that's true with driving, yes, but it's true with life in general. The wealthiest people in the world didn't get there by doing the same shit everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. So, it's I, really easy, it's really easy to we we are our actions and what we do. Our your day-to-day yeah. routine, that's who you are. And it's really hard to get uncomfortable. 
It's really hard not to get the smoothie every day. Now, hey, listen, we got to reward ourselves. And if it's in your budget to do that, do it, right? But yeah. there are there are a lot of drivers out here that I think are, they are struggling. Most are, okay? But but what are we doing to, like, prepare and, like, you know, and it's really easy to be to stay comfortable. And yeah. you, we're, we, we are people of routine and habit. So sometimes you got to be willing to shake it up a little bit and try something yeah. different to make your situation different six months from now. Yeah. Because to the point, if she's paying herself first and putting something in a Robin Hood account for Christmas or a school fund for you know 10, 15 years from now, right? If if other drivers did that, but they just did something different with the money and it went towards their rent, so they're not struggling the last day of the month where they got to work sixteen hours, right? If you pay yourself first and do something positive with the money instead of just spending it frivolously, mm -hmm. it could be a game changer. That's you know I wasn't always great with money, but I've become I learned that I didn't want to feel like I felt 10 years ago. So I knew I had to change my habits a little bit, you know? For sure. And I think that there's going to be a lot of drivers out there that, let's be honest, lie to themselves and tell themselves they can't afford to set anything aside. And yeah. uh, go go to another order. Go take one more order every day. If you wanted to do 10, great. Do 11. Set that yep. money aside, invest it. And in six months, you're going to be in an entirely better spot. I 100%. But I'm going to say this because I know we were talking a lot of W-2 versus, you know, the gig economy and doing gig work is no matter whether you're on doing a W-2 or the gig work, you can struggle with both of them. You can have a W-2 and struggle just as hard as you do doing the gig work, or you can do a hybrid and have a W-2 and use gig work to help you get yourself out of whatever struggles that you're doing. So I just yeah. think that there's struggles, no matter whether you're in a W-2, whether you're in the gig economy, a struggle is a struggle, however you look at it, no matter what you do. You know, go go read The Wealthy Barber or Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? These are these are people who didn't come from from wealth and they made it for themselves. You know, there, there's always an opportunity out there for somebody who looks for it. So, you know, whether whether that's, you know, taking one more order a day or, you know, skipping your, your morning coffee or something like that or making it at home. You know, the, there's always a way. If you if you want it, there's a way to achieve it. I also think also, and this is just, I, I feel like we're talking about life at this point too. Like, kind of, yeah. You know, in a lot of rich people, and you read about like Warren Buffett and all of the, like a lot of independently wealthy people, is they've taken risks to get where they're at. And calculated sometimes risks, yeah. calculated risk. Sometimes if you do your research and you do things to better yourself, it might be a risk, but it also might pay out in the long run. I couldn't agree more with that. I took I take risks every year, so I take a few calculated ones, like Zach said, and it's you're not always gonna hit on all of them. And no. but I believe that's what allows you to learn. And so that you could, the next time you take a calculator risk, you have a little more knowledge and a little more confidence. And, you know, it, you're setting yourself up for not having to work 70 hours a week, you know? And, and I think yeah. we should all try to get out of that kind of grind of feeling like we have to do that to make the ends meet, you know? So I saw a comment a little while back and, you know, and I don't particularly want to highlight it, but I want to kind of respond to it. It was, um, kind of dismissive uh towards us because we're on youtube right like we're just we're just getting this all this money on youtube right it doesn't change the yeah. fact that we're still driving yeah. and it doesn't change the fact that we put in the 
let's be real, thousands of hours to get where we are on YouTube. Yep. And it doesn't change the fact that you can do it too. Yep. Like anybody, anybody can create a YouTube account, turn on a camera. Right. To me, YouTube for me was my own calculated risk, right? Like you're putting yourself out there. You don't know whether you're going to succeed, not succeed. Heck, some days I'm like, why am I, you know, what, what, what video do I like you second guess yourself? It's a learning curve all in itself. But that was my own personal calculated risk that anybody and I encourage anybody to do the same exact thing. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of dedication, yeah. but it could really pay off and it could be another source of income. Um, yeah yeah so i use my phone to upload videos as well yeah i've never i've never known any different that's how i do it it doesn't need to be you know in in our niche specifically it's not about oh man and i'm learning this more and more as i go it's not about the fancy presentation it's it's about the knowledge you possess and um, some of your best videos is when you're sitting and you're just talking uh, thank right? you. People yeah. want to hear your words, your perspective. They know that you're not going to hold back. You know what yeah. I mean? So, and, and you're going to yeah. talk about DoorDash and you're going to give it to them real and give your yeah. opinion on it and your experience. And, yeah. and that's what it's about. People, people value, um, value that about creation and, and yeah. anybody, yeah. you know, anybody can do it. It doesn't mean you're going to have the success Zach has had, but it doesn't mean you can't try something. It doesn't mean, sure. you know, and the same with DoorDash. Everybody can work the apps a little different. Your market's different. I think we just got to start realizing that DoorDash is what it is. We have yeah. to decide how long do I want to do this and or not do this? And what's the next plan? What am I doing six months from now? We got to get a little bit better as a community thinking about the long term and not staying in the moment as much for with all the negative stuff, you know? So let me ask you this, Pedro. So talk, go back to DoorDash for a second. What programs on DoorDash have made you more money or have made it more mm. success for you on DoorDash that can maybe help other people out there? Yeah, great question. So I've never been on a large order program, um, so I can't speak to that. But Shop and Delivers in St. Louis over the last five months, six months have been a complete game changer for me. They're not always good, but I mean, they, my shop and delivers and having priority on them, at least that's what DoorDash tells me, that I'm a prioritized shop and deliver dasher. It's basically like large order programs. So, Kim, I know you're in large order programs, so you might see orders that are 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks, right? Well, I get those on the shop and delivers. I can yeah. get all these in Deerbergs for 30 bucks. Uh, you know, it might be 20 items, 30 items, but if it takes me 45 minutes and I made $30, I'll do that. I think most of us would love to make 30 bucks in 40 minutes. Right. So for me, learning that DoorDash was prioritizing that for the consumer as far as giving them options from a retail standpoint and grocery and then knowing, hey, if I do so many a week, I can also get the dash now. And I just I did it and I tried it and it, it worked for me completely. And I know that that was a big reason, because when I lost that, when I had to say I didn't need I didn't have a red card, can you send me another one? And I didn't see those opportunities. Man, it was a huge difference in my market of St. Louis for the money I was able to make and how I had to maneuver the app. So for me, the one program that I actually really enjoy is uh, the Shop and Deliver. I like it and not everybody likes shopping and I get it. You have to learn your stores and some people don't like the bag and maybe you got to take it up. It's more work than just dropping off a McDonald's order, it is. But for me, the money and the cash flow and the mileage, the less wear and tear on my car, if I'm going to Aldi, I'm usually dropping off to somebody that lives pretty close to that Aldi. At least that's my experience. So I'm. 
I'm doing a $30 run. Yeah, maybe it was 50 items. It took me 40 minutes, but I drove three miles. So for me, and I'm only had to do one thing to make the 30 bucks. I didn't have to do five or six orders or two orders or wait. And, you know, sometimes you're waiting at a Papa John's. I'm not all the, I'm not waiting on anybody but myself. Right. So I'm moving and grooving. And so for me, the shopping deliver is the one that I really like. I've been recommending that on my channel for several months. Some people like it. They've seen benefits. Others don't like it. They just won't do it at all. But I've never been on LOP. I can't speak to that. I think that if you can get on it, that's clearly a game changer for a lot of people. The pizza program, I think it's just very easy to get into. So I don't feel like that's something that's like I really talk about a lot. But shopping delivers, especially now, because DoorDash is really incentivizing the consumer and giving them more options for grocery delivery. And consumers want more convenience from a grocery standpoint. So for me, that's the one that's been very good for me the last five or six months. You know, I'm one of those people that don't particularly care for shopping delivers, but I also like money, right? And if the money's right, then you know, it's like, man, it's yeah. it's like what I hear, you know, oh, you bash DoorDash, why do you drive for it? Because there's money to be made. Sure. Yeah. Duh. Like, yeah. you know, if if the dollar amount is right, get out there and get to shopping. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So that's uh, the only time I've ever seen a DoorDash order. I think crack. 50 bucks was uh shop and delivers. So, yeah. but I'll tell you, uh, you ever gotten like a, uh, like a part drop off, like, like for an auto shop or something. Oh, I do those all the time. Auto, okay. A, yeah. Auto parts. And I do, I probably do 10 of those a week. Okay. So those pay really well in my market. So I get, uh, I'll, I'll run them, you know, 15 miles or something. I'll get paid like 30 bucks. And I'm oh, like, sweet. I don't get the ones that are high miles. Mine are, usually all five miles or less in my market because there's mm-hmm. two or three auto shops like a firestone and like a midas and, and a carex those are the three i deliver and they're and the, the auto parts stores very close to those so i've had ones that are as low as two dollars on like a they added for only two bucks and then I've, I've seen the average order for me is eight or nine dollars for those and it's usually two three miles i'll do that all day long Pick it up. I mean, I'm not ever waiting at all in any of those. Like, there's so it's wait, waiting for me. I pick it up, I take it, I drop it off. Sometimes they're a little heavy, a couple of batteries or some brakes and pads, but I don't mind it. So I do like those. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are great. Uh, so if you ever see one of those pop up, check it out. I mean, they can they can pay really well. Yes. And uh, you know, I remember the first one I took. It was like half a pound or something. Yeah. All yeah. day. Those. There's no oh tips. yeah. I don't know if you have. It says ineligible for tip because it's like a business, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. And it yeah. is what it, I get it. So I get a tip on those. But that's, uh, you know, I'm not too concerned about that, honestly, as long as the, again, as long as the, the dollar per mile ratio is right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I just get to sit there. I get to listen to something, you know, like heavy metal or something as I'm driving down the road, man. I'm, I'm a happy go. camper. There so, you go. Love, love it. Yeah. Uh, so, if if people know who we are, they know who you are. But you know, uh, where where can people find you? Uh, YouTube. That's the only place I'm on. Uh, type in Pedro Dordes Santiago. It'll pop right up. Um, I do daily videos. Um, very opinionated, kind of like Zach. You know, I just speak <laughs> my mind. Um, I'm not as nice as Kim. Kim is uh, definitely nicer than me sometimes. But I have a good time. I try to be entertaining. I give people my day. Um, I'm almost annoying as how many videos I make. I go live every Sunday, but I have a great time. I love this community. I love the people I've met that we've met. Um, great, hardworking people, drivers, time, part-time from all over the country. 
and it keeps me making content because people, I think they look forward to it and they want to know what's going on. So they come to people like us to get information yeah. or to get a laugh or whatever. And uh, I've had a really good time doing that on YouTube. So you're a wealth and, of information and, and, and you run a hell of a live show too. Yeah. Thanks. It's and, fun. The live is great, man. Thank and you. Say, and you're a contributor on the right shirt guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I've been doing that for two years. I think actually two years. I've been a ride shirt contributor for two years. And all of us, you know, we all make a couple videos a month and that's fun. It's been a great experience. Shout out to Harry and Chris, yeah. those guys over there, great team of people. And, and it's, it's been, yeah, I've been, I think I've been on YouTube almost, I think it'll be three years in February. And nice. it doesn't seem like it's been three years, but it's been, yeah, three years. Time so flies. It flies, man. It really, really flies. But definitely love this. I mean, there's, I've met so many great people in this community and other content yeah. creators. It's been it's been a wild ride so far. Absolutely. So we want to thank you so much for joining us and uh, appreciate you taking the time, man. Oh, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, guys. Anytime. Yeah. So make sure to check Pedro out. I'm sure you guys already have, uh, but wealth of knowledge. So uh, reminder, we are going every other week at this point. So we will not be here next Wednesday, but we will be back the following Wednesday. And uh, it's going to be a that's going to be a fiery show. Yeah, Sergio the, will if you, be if you guys us. think you guys <laughs> think I'm opinionated, just wait. And so, the topic is pretty darn spicy, so. Um, I think this is one I'm just gonna kind of have to like. Mm. Yeah, gonna have Sergio brings that heat, so you just let mm. him. He'll 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 he'll, he'll teach some people some things. Sure. Yeah. So uh, thank you to each and every one of you that uh, took time out of your evening to spend some time with us, and we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Bye, everyone.